to startle any man. Huh, grunted Don Diego, throwing aside his sombrero and flinging off his soaked serape. Your remarks border on insulting, my rowdy friend. Can it be that you intend to make me pay for my remarks? It is true, continued Don Diego, that I do not have a reputation for riding like a fool at risk of my neck, fighting like an idiot with every newcomer and playing the guitar under every woman's window like a simpleton. I know you think of these things as shortcomings. Nevertheless, I do not care to have them thrown in my face. Ah, Gonzalez cried, half in anger. We have an agreement, Sergeant Gonzalez, that we can be friends. I can forget the wide difference in birth and breeding that yawns between us only as long as you curb your tongue and stand as my comrade. Your boasts amuse me, and in exchange I buy you wine. It is a pretty arrangement. But if you make fun of me again, senor, either in public or private, then the agreement is at an end. I may mention that I have some small influence. Your pardon, caballero, and my very good friend, the alarmed Sergeant Gonzalez cried. There's no need to get angry just because my tongue happened to slip. From now on, if any man asks, you are quick with a blade and always ready to fight or to make love. You are a man of action, caballero. Ha! Does any dare doubt it? He glared around the room, half drawing his blade again. Then he slammed the sword home, roared with laughter, and slapped Don Diego on the back. The fat landlord hurried with more wine, knowing that Don Diego Vega would pay the bill. This peculiar friendship between Don Diego and Sergeant Gonzalez was the talk of El Camino Real. Don Diego came from a family of noble blood that ruled over thousands of broad acres, countless herds of horses and cattle, great fields of grain. Don Diego, in his own right, had a hacienda that was like a small empire, and a house in the pueblo also, and he would inherit from his father more than three times what he had now. But Don Diego was unlike the other young nobles, the caballero of the times. It appeared that he disliked action. He seldom wore his sword except as a matter of style. He was extremely polite to all women, yet he courted none. He sat in the sun and listened to the wild tales of other men, and now and then he smiled. He was the opposite of Sergeant Pedro Gonzalez in all things, and yet they were together frequently. It was as Don Diego had said. He enjoyed the sergeant's boasts, and the sergeant enjoyed the free wine. What more could either ask in the way of a fair arrangement? Now Don Diego went to stand before the fire and dry himself holding a mug of red wine in one hand. He was only medium in size, but he was healthy and good-looking. All of the proud duenas thought he would make a fine husband for the daughters they protected. But, to their sorrow, he would not give a second glance at the pretty senoritas. Gonzalez was afraid that he had angered his friend and that the free wine would be at an end. He was anxious to make peace. Caballero, we have been speaking of this notorious Senor Sorro this fine curse of Capistrano, as some fool has seen fit to name the pest. What about him? Don Diego asked, putting down his wine mug and hiding a yawn behind his hand. I have been remarking, caballero, said the sergeant, that this fine Senor Soro never appears in my vicinity. I am hoping the good saints will grant me the chance of facing him some fine day. 
Then I can claim the reward offered by the governor. Senor Zorro, eh? Ha! Let us not speak of him, Don Diego begged, turning from the fireplace. Must the talk always be of bloodshed and violence? Would it be possible in these turbulent times for a man to listen to words of wisdom regarding music or the poets? Meal mush and goat's milk, snorted Sergeant Gonzalez in disgust. If this Senor Soro wishes to risk his neck, let him. It is his own neck by the saints. A cutthroat. A thief. Ah! I have heard much about his work, Don Diego went on to say. No doubt the fellow is sincere in his purpose. The only people he has robbed are officials who have stolen from the missions and the poor, and the only people he has punished...